4: I'll drink a bottle of Hennessy you got on your shelf, so just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty, pronounced with the umpty, yo ladies, oh how I like to funk thee.
3: And all the rappers Proving the that ten, congestion can pay off. Me. Oh, yeah? I mean, he was the first to have the nasal stuff going around. Yeah, that it is he true. he decided to put on an album and then it was like his thing. That's right, let you hear my cough, right?
5: uh uh-uh, uh-uh. uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs>
3: Nine one three five eight six seven six ten on a way back Wednesday. That means you pick the music. Tag
4: your name so that you get the credit on this day in nineteen eighty nine. A multi platinum classic released Thriller by Digital. Michael Jackson. No, oh. Digital Underground, The Humpty Dancing. That's how there we go. started it off today. On FESCO in the morning. So no
5: request for this, just a timely song on yeah, Hump Day and hump day. the day that it came out as well. Look at you and back congestion. there. And congestion. And congestion. uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. Uh-uh. Let me clear my throat. Let you hear my cough. Ha 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 ha
4: ha. So yeah. Go ahead, get your requests in all day. You can hit us up on the text line, and, uh, you know, Kling gives that number over and over again. And you can hit us up on Twitter, BWKC, Josh Klingler, Bob Fesco. Tag us all. Make sure you put your name in it so you can get the credit.
3: I give the phone number a lot because it's written. In my handwriting, right in front of me.
5: Oh, is this whose day? handwriting is this over here? Because I always right. look over here to my right at
3: 913-586-7610. 6, 6, I look at the post notes note so that I can uh, Ron Burgundy it
5: all yeah. the time. Eventually, Ron these post notes sticky is going to give way, right? And yeah. they're not going to yeah. last. This one anymore. just sits here. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah it doesn't stick. Collecting dust. Who do you think left the empty bag of Lay's potato chips in studio yesterday? Empty bag, even. Yeah, it's uh. empty bag. I think. I think there's a couple of crumbs in there of mm. uh, of some Lay's potato chips. I'm who not you, sure. Who do you think that not was? Sure. I'm going to say it's Carrington. That Left the empty left bag.
3: A chewed pen, probably. Yes. What a slaw.
5: Yeah, right. Clean up your mess, man. Clean up your mess when you leave the studio. And if you're going to leave an empty bag of potato chips, at least fold it over, keep some fresh so we can have some in the morning, right? Mm, mm-hmm. That's a very selfish move, right there. Mm-hmm. Stale lays.
3: So, yesterday, mm-hmm, John Sherman, mm-hmm,
5: Royals chair, I'd watch the Wire. That's right, which we all went back and did. And I told you I enjoyed season two, the Doc scene very much. And you don't like I didn't, season two. That was two. my
3: that was my that was my least favorite season. See, originally, I originally, like and then I liked it better when I went back and watched.
5: Oh, it. Oh, okay. What was different for you when you went back and watched? Um, it? I don't know. I just pre- like it was such a turn at it the really time. It really was. Yeah. When it when it, yeah. when
3: it when it when it went down, the next season came out. You're like, wait a minute. I wanted more. I want
4: more Stringer Bell. I yeah, want. Right. Yeah.
3: I wanted more
5: Street. Hmm.
4: Do you and think they,
3: Idris
5: Elba had something going on at that point in time? Like was he in the office at that point in time
4: where no, he couldn't no. do both shows
3: or <laughs> no. And so then they went a different direction and it was it was it was pretty jarring. I'm like, I don't like this.
4: Yeah, yeah. it wasn't well received, but like Kling no. said, it took it took for me like the third time going back to appreciate it. Still my least favorite one out of all the seasons, but sure. I appreciate it. Yeah. See,
5: I, yeah. I enjoyed it because most kids that I grew up with had fathers that worked on the dock of Newark, New Jersey. So that was just like hearing stories from sitting around the backyard. <laughs> I mean, that was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, know that guy. I know yeah. that guy. But I think, it, I think what it what it does, it shows you how, like, I, I thought the wire from a standpoint of, like, what really goes on. Like, I thought it really did a great job of telling the story of what, what real life is about at times. You know, what real life is about. And season two of the dock episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, and it's Nunzio LaGrasso and his kids were down there. Mike Lorenzo and those guys were down there. That's what they do for a living. Nah, now I understand what went on. So
3: John Sherman I mean we followed his. He, he told us to watch The Wire yesterday. Uh-huh. So. Hey
6: yo what's up playboy? How come you wearing that suit B? For real? It's 85 <laughs> degrees out here and you trying to be like Pat Riley. Man look the part, beat the pub mother****.
3: And so we <laughs> we watched The Wire. I didn't find I was
4: looking for like Digging through episode after Easter episode. Eggs, you know, yeah, I was like, right?
3: okay, what am, I, what am I looking for here? And then you found the uh, the F scene yeah, that you decided yeah, I thought, to okay, send. Like, we
5: can't play that on the air. You've sent that numerous times. There's just no way to well, edit that Well, I know, but it's, the gra- yeah. it's, it's maybe
3: the greatest scene in television oh, history. Absolutely. It, it really is. Because um, it
4: conveyed everything that you needed to know. In that one, scene, you understood the whole yeah. thing. You right. understood yeah. everything that they were saying and yeah. doing and what they meant in right. that one scene.
5: Well, and that's why that one word, word. Is, is is the way that it is, because you could use that word as a noun, a verb, an adjective, a pronoun. You can use that as an adverb. You could use that as an adjective, whatever it is that you want. And it fits. The only w- way I would change that scene. Could you imagine if we could use that word, how much better the show would be? <laughs> is is if they got
3: to the end of that whole thing mm-hmm. and then Bunk ass hey, who's pitching today?
5: That's right. (laughs) Then that scene would
3: be complete.
5: And the show is over on a Wednesday everybody.
3: 603 it's a wrap. So anyway, I was looking I was watching The Wire as John Sherman said, "Hey, watch The Wire." He did.
5: He literally said, "Watch The Wire." So you and I and
3: B were sitting down yeah, that night. So Season all watched, 1, we episode all went, 1. We're like, "Watch
5: The Wire." Bubbles bringing us something,
3: what? like, "What's and going on here?" That that there might be something there. I'm like, "Okay, that's cool."
5: Yeah.
3: And I watched I didn't quite find what I was you know, searching for there's no
5: Royals hats. A lot and then, of then I Royals woke references. up this
3: morning and Correo was signed. That's and right. I thought, holy crap, this is pretty great. Yeah, thirteen for three fifty, huh? With the Giants. Oh. I'm sorry, um, with the with the Giants. Oh. And another
5: massive baseball deal happened overnight. It did. Had met thirteen years, three hundred and fifty million dollars. And you look at that deal and you think, oh, okay, that's. It's a lot of money for a guy who cheated, right? It's a lot of money. Well, he spent his year
3: in purgatory he, in in Minnesota, Minnesota Minneapolis, yep. and everybody thought he was nice, and so now he's back.
5: Yeah, and I said to you, I said, do you remember Carlos Correa's days in Minneapolis? You, go, I don't remember much from baseball last year. <laughs> didn't really pay much attention. No, I, do, <laughs> I do remember Correa because every time they'd play the Twins, the Correa's there, and you're and you're like, how the hell are they afford Correa? Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, but it was it was like a, a long term deal, but he had an opt out yeah. after the first year, yeah. so it was all like fake funny. Yeah, money. Yeah, it was all
3: funny money, but. Even for a year, I'm like, wow, they did that for a year. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. they had they had Carlos Correa they for had, a year. He was all right.
5: Yeah, I don't know. They didn't win anything, right? No.
3: Yeah. He was all right. He spent his one year uh, as the uh you know, the backup to Josh Allen and then mm-hmm. he was rehabbed and now he's right. Now he's a giant who you know, the Giants were looking to spend money. They, so. they
5: were. They were looking to dump a lot of cash because as Carl Ravitch tweeted this morning, which I I thought was very interesting, they're trying to, you know, re-engage their fan base up there in San Francisco, and they wanted to do it with Aaron Judge, and obviously that didn't work out, and so they had to do the kind of the next best thing and go get Carlos Correa who's won a world championship and has cheated and and you know has demanded i heard in his contract that metal trash cans in the dugout no more of these plastic things they don't make enough noise and so they not also metal cans out there
3: wants the infield raked more often More so often, of the ball that's right doesn't bounce. So the ball doesn't bounce funny. That's right,
5: because he did go from hero to goat at one point in time. And so... Always I always love Carlos Correa. Yeah, he's always been a big fan favorite here. Yeah. I don't understand why people hate Carlos yeah. Correa. He was he he was fantastic here in Kansas City. He's always going to go down as one of those guys from another team that you give a lot of thanks for on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so... Thirteen three fifty, and immediately I think of, okay, could the Royals do a deal like that? Because the, you, you had mentioned, I thought, uh, very astutely, and I'll remind you of your take this morning, you said the shortstop position is now the wide receiver position from the NFL where everybody is just getting paid who plays that shortstop position, and you immediately said it's time to move Bobby Witt <laughs> to third base, yeah. right? I, um, I
3: wanted to force him
5: to be a shortstop. I, I, I'm yeah. seeing the prices. You can play third. You, you can play third. My, my, play my third. response to you is who plays short, and your response is I don't care, just not Bobby Witt. Well. You. <laughs> Nicky Lopez
3: could pay, play a fine short. He's never getting 350, so right. you know it's like, all right, let's just keep the costs down a little bit.
5: Yeah, keep it keep keep it down a little bit, because yeah, you're right. Nicky Lopez ain't gonna get 13 for 350 or anything even close to that. But I, I look, I I know from having enough conversations, Josh, with people, that Bobby Witt Jr. is a priority for this team, and they love to keep him here, and they've already started conversations and talking about what it would take for a kind of a long term deal. You're seeing the framework now of these long term deals for shortstops around major league baseball. It is an expensive position. It really is because the shortstop, you know when we were when we were growing up as kids, do you remember who the high school shortstop was on your team or who the best athlete was on your team? I think we all do. Jesse Vasquez was the guy for us, right? He pitched, he played shortstop. I don't know what Jesse does today. He didn't play professional baseball or anything like that, but that was the guy who played all those positions. The shortstop was the guy that he was the quarterback on your football team and he was the big athlete, right? And we're seeing that now in Major League Baseball. It has taken a turn over the last, I would say, decade and a half now where the shortstop isn't Royce Smalley or Alvaro Espinosa or somebody like that that you just buried in the lineup. The shortstop has become the catalyst on your team from a defensive standpoint and even an offensive standpoint right now. It's going to be the highest paid guy out there on the market today. And so when you start to look at Bobby Witt, you see this contract, you start to think, how can the Royals, you know, even compete in a market like that because if Bobby Witt Jr. hits the open market guys and baseball is the same as it is right now, how do you compete with 13 for 350? It just doesn't sound like it's doable in a market like Kansas City. And that's not a Kansas City issue. that's a baseball issue, right? We got to continue to say that is a baseball issue, but those are the rules of the game right now. And so if you're waking up this morning and you think, man, Carlos Correa, 13 for 350. Good Lord. Can we sign Bobby Witt the answer to that question is you're going to have a better time signing Bobby Witt Jr. with a brand new downtown stadium in ballpark area than you are if you continue to hold on to Kauffman Stadium for dear life. Because if you continue to hold on to Kauffman Stadium for dear life, you're not creating new revenue streams. And in 2022, 22, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 30, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, and 100, the game of baseball has changed dramatically. And as ownership in baseball, you have to find ways to generate as much revenue as possible so you can go out and buy players. And right now, the revenue streams are capped at Kauffman Stadium. And so if you like the team the way it is right now, and you like the fact that Bobby Witt Jr. is going to walk after five years, then Kauffman Stadium is for you. If you're tired of losing baseball and you want the Royals to spend money than a new downtown stadium and ballpark areas for you because that generates additional revenue streams, which in turn will go to payroll. I've been told to help this ball club get better and start winning.
3: Not all of it, but yes, it'll, it'll fund a new source to be able to do stuff like that. Right. Uh, And then they had their, their public, uh, their first public forum last night. Still don't understand why it's (laughs) it's, and they said it's going to cost a billion to build a stadium wherever. Right.
5: whether you they renovate could, the cave, they can renovate or, yeah. the cave
3: for a billion or build
5: a brand new one for a billion right. somewhere else. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you build new yeah. at that point in time. You don't yeah. renovate. You don't yeah. ever renovate, especially out there. That part of town sucks. There's nothing to do and there's no revenue streams. Yeah, yeah. you could build a stadium there and have the same, the same
3: sources of income, right. or go somewhere else and build it up and have other ways to go about. It. I was, I was thinking too. I saw the renderings again yesterday, and they have the hotel. There's a proposed hotel in like right Center field sure with the overlooking
5: rooms I'm like how cool would that be yeah I mean there's that hotel in Baltimore I think it's a Hilton that overlooks the ballpark and and it's, it's we've stayed at the one in cool cool Oklahoma at,
3: City right? for goodness sakes it overlooks the ballpark there you yeah. know oh yeah like, that's cool like it's it's I want that that yeah. looks awesome you'd go you'd go spend a night there just to Check out the experience of watching the game from a hotel room. Right, you know exactly one of those deals. Yep, um, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, they uh, John back to John Sherman. He said, "Check the wire. There's some pitching coming," and 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 there was right. The Royals signed uh, Ryan Yarbrough to a one year deal. Right. So so there's that. Um, Never heard of him. The manager has. He comes from Tampa. And this is this is the market you're in, right? It's just the reality. It's just of the reality. M- Market really? you're in. Um, last year he was three and eight with a four and a half ERA. Mm-hmm. He pitched in twenty games, started nine of them. There you go. So a swing pitcher with a four and a half ERA, that's the
5: market. That's what you, that's. that's the market. You like that market? And I don't I, this is I no mean, this is no offense to, to Ryan no. Yarborough. This is this is this reality is, right now. This is this is this is what you're in. You want to play with the big boys and sign players you know and invest or, in the players and keep is, guys here. This is what you can do. You need more money. Ryan Yarborough. Ryan Yarborough is what you get if you stay at Kauffman Stadium. Carlos Correa is what you could potentially be involved in if you have a new stadium, new revenue streams and and new ways to to, to make a buck because That's the way baseball is, Josh. I don't know. You used to be the TV deals that everybody talked about. I don't know where TV deals are going right now, and I don't think Major League Baseball knows where TV deals are going right now. And Major League Baseball just isn't about 81 dates anymore and using the stadium for 81 games. It's a -a 365-day-a-year venture, and the more money that the Royals can generate, the more money that they can put back into payroll and the more opportunities they can have to bring a winner here to Kansas City. Again, if Ryan Yarborough tickles your fancy and you're excited about that, and that's the type of move you want to see moving forward for the next 30 years with the Royals, that's fantastic. That's for you. I personally would like to see better moves, you know, better named players, bigger contracts given out, the ability to keep Bobby Witt Jr., the ability to keep Brady Singer. You can't do that without money coming in. And Kauffman Stadium has reached its peak where they can't generate enough money anymore to compete every day in this current setup of Major League Baseball. Now, now,
3: baseball does have to do its thing, too, and
5: keep some of this nonsense in check. This well, offseason
3: is nonsensical? It, 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 other it has than been, Judge. Yeah. Yep. Other than Judge and maybe Verlander. Right everything else has been wackadoodle, crazy money man crazy money being spent yeah so they have to do their part to Carlos Correa is not worth that no let's be honest like but, but you're right I'm not saying you're wrong at all about that but baseball has to uh, also has to rein that stuff how in, you going to do that they got they gotta <laughs> they gotta realize they're spending bad money yeah. but um but they, but that's where any we are, rumor though. that baseball's dead also
5: has been negated because mm-hmm. you can see that they're willing to spend, yeah they're willing to spend guarantee but, but contracts
3: you, for or
5: nonsense! You can't, you can't do that because you got the player side who's never going to give into a salary cap. I mean, I know they're trying to implement that. All the owners seemingly want some sort of salary cap. Even the ones that spend big money are like, yeah, put that in. I don't yeah, they, have well, to spend yeah, that big they'd money. They like a right? cap so they can keep more of their money. But how do you sell this to the players? <laughs> and what the players don't seemingly understand is if you put a cap and a floor in. You're forcing other teams to spend more money. Like the right. players don't get that. Like it doesn't connect. Like the, the problem with the players is they have Max Scherzer speaking for them, who lives in, in, in Scrooge McDuckland with dollar bills flying all over the place. They need to have some of these first year players in charge of this kind of stuff who are going to say, oh, wait a second here. If we put a floor in of, let's say, $100 million, that means the Pirates are going to have to spend $70 million more on payroll than they did that's going to raise salaries for a lot of people. You may not be getting paid by the Yankees anymore, but you will be still be getting paid and other teams will have to spend more money. And instead of five teams going out there and spending money in baseball, all 30 will be able to go out there and spend that money in baseball. But the players don't seemingly understand that. And until they do, We're going to be stuck here doing this thing for the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years about whether or not we need a salary cap in baseball. It's time for the players to wake up and realize a cap and a floor is great for the sport. The mouth of the South resides in Miami. Next.
3: This is Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967, with friend of the show, Brett Veach.
2: You're listening to
0: Fesco in the Morning. I mean, I'm not, but you are.
3: On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The music on a back Wednesday. I'm sure that's exactly the one you wanted. 913586. 7610. That's what I wanted.
0: Sailing. <laughs> that's only one I, recognize, that's only
2: right?
3: one I recognize.
5: Too. That's a Christopher Cross remake from he, Sailing, he right? Some notes though, too. Oh my god, this is He's so good. So good guys. I love seriously. Eric Cartman. One of the great TV characters of all time. I mean, seriously, Eric Cartman yeah. is one of the great TV characters of all time. I don't watch South Park as much as I probably should anymore. Now that I'm on the new Beavis and Butt Head, you're welcome. Um, yeah, thank you very much for that. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, Beavis. Uh, Beavis, is that your butt or mine? was uh, uh. uh, a great con Uh, Beavis, it is good, right? Song, the, new, yeah. the new, the new, the uh, new Beavis so and Butt Head. stupid! It's,
3: it's great. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just fantastically <laughs> yeah. terrible. It's just like it was. It's yep. so great. They rebooted. It at, that's that's how you reboot. You reboot, just do the same just damn thing. Just do the
5: thing. same thing. It's, it's easier with want. a cartoon though, with it, than with a movie it's thirty we years want. later.
3: Ooh, this is the long version.
6: That's <laughs> <laughs> <Come laughs>
4: the whole thing. Come that's, sail that's really away with uh, who, me, who requested this? You uh, Tag uh, your Ad- name, you get credit. Adam requested that. He's of uh, a little pick me up. He's got a twenty two hour day, so we gave him a little Eric Carmen.
5: Come sail, come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me, guys. Come sail me. me. Come
3: sail away, tag your name to get the credit on a way back Wednesday. Um, I really don't want to not like him, but he's making it impossible to bring the guy back and ever celebrate the best wide receiver in chiefs franchise history.
5: As far as I'm concerned, Tyree kill has cost himself a chance of being in the ring of honor out at Arrowhead stadium because of the way that he has handled his departure from Kansas city. I don't know that I've seen an athlete. Handle a departure from this town worse than what Tyreek Hill is doing right now down in Miami. It is December. You are challenging for a playoff spot and you're still bitching about Kansas City. You got serious issues, bro. Like you need to seriously get yourself in
3: check with some of this stuff. He was on, and you guys always reference this podcast, so I have to say it. Uh the Club Shay Shay podcast. That's right. With Shannon Sharp. And uh of Course, they went into his departure from Kansas City because he.
5: Why are we still he going into that? He,
3: well, probably because he continues to deliver, right? Well, he and delivers stuff.
5: and it's the only thing that's going to get you podcast clips. I mean, quite
3: honestly, do you really care about the eight and five Dolphins? He wanted, uh, he just wanted more targets, Bob. huh. Despite coming off a career best targets and catches season uh-huh. with the Chiefs, he wanted, he just wanted more he wanted targets. More. It
6: got like that probably like mid last season. You feel me? Like, uh-huh. I'm the type of guy, like, I I love playing ball and I love you know being by the team mm-hmm. because football is a team sport, right? Correct. And it will be some games where like I get two targets, no, I get three targets, and we'll go into meetings and my coach will be like, hey, we we got to get you involved, we got to get you involved, and I'm like, nah, y'all need to get me involved. Yesterday, don't tell me about it today. Exactly, like you know, <laughs> like you know how to like you know the I feeling. Do. So I'm calling my agent every week after they say some some crazy stuff like that, like bro, I got to get out of here. So bro. let me ask you a question because. You, obviously, you're not a guy to bite your tongue, and right. obviously, so you go. To, did you go to EB? Did you go to Andy? Like, bro, what's up? I mean, during the week of practice, y'all throwing me all these balls. I get into the game and I get two targets. What, what, what's See, really going uh, on? No, 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 no. I'm not like that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to go to anybody. I'm, I'm going to go to my position coach because I deal with him more than I deal with them. Right. You feel me? And I'm going to go talk to him.
3: Mm, mm. He's sometimes getting two and three
5: targets. Uh, never, no, uh, no, it never happened. Up. Actually, there were, there was one game. He had two targets. It was against Pittsburgh. They Correct. won 36 to 10 and he only had to play 42% of the snaps. Cause it was a Correct. blowout. Correct. And then middle of the season, he's
3: like, yes, yeah, so somewhere in the middle of the season. I mean, which game yet when you had 18 targets or 11 targets or 10 targets or 11 targets, which was week eight through 11, right? That's the middle of the season, middle of the season. Right. When they were throwing you the football all the time. Now I know that when in his revisionist mind. Wait, hold
5: on, hold on just one second. Ten of the 17 games last year, he had double-figured targets. Double-figured targets. double, figure double targets. Figure, That's more than half the games.
3: Now, I know that he is pointing to early in the season that loss at Baltimore. That one was the one that ate at him. Three catches for fourteen yards. They lost that game by a point. They lost. Yeah, they did okay. lose.
5: They still put up thirty some points in that yeah. game, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I'm right? sure
3: he probably went, Man, if they just got me the ball, we'd have won the game. Fine. Yeah. It M- maybe
5: so, but maybe the other team was defending you and that took was, you out of the game. That was in week two. Yeah. That's like a year and a half ago. A couple other wins. He had.
3: He did have five targets and four targets. But the four target game, he had four catches for seventy six yards. <laughs> he did just one. Mm, it's fine. Again, he had season high in targets and catches last year. Last year, career highs, kids, you mean? Career highs. Correct. Yeah, Correct. yeah, yeah. Career Correct. highs. Yes. Let's. And then also, then then he's revising the mo- the money. Just wasn't the money wasn't there.
6: So I talked to Coach Andy Reid, and I'm like, Coach, like, I don't even need to be the highest paid receiver. I just want to be taken care of, and I want to stay. You know, with Kelsey, I want to stay with Pat. I want to stay with my brother. So you had the conversation to end it. Look, I had that take conversation care of your boy, just, and you, I'm here. Just, just take care of your boy, man. Just make me 25 M's. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Match me with A.J. Brown, and I'm cool with that.
3: Okay, we're going to pause it right there. Give me 25 M's.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Match me with A.J. Brown. I'm cool right there. Right. A.J. Brown didn't get a new contract until he was traded to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Some
5: six weeks after Tyreek Hill was traded Correct. to Miami. So
3: couldn't have had that conversation. Right. A.J. Brown that didn't conversation. get
5: paid. No. Wasn't paid. Uh-uh. Tyreek Hill's just lying and okay. making
3: things up. So then he says, I, I, just give me 25 M. Right. So that was his number. Give me 25 million.
6: He was like, okay, okay, okay. So we get back. They got they, it to 25 M's. Okay.
5: They got it to 25
3: M's. They got me to 25.
6: Okay, well. They gave you what you wanted. Yeah. But But the guaranteed money wasn't it wasn't looking uh, it was right. Me and something, Drew going yeah. back and forth with for that. I'm like, Drew, it's fine. Drew's like, no, we can get more. We can get more. You know how agents are. Like, of we can course. Get more. And that's what he should so do. So then I talked to Pat. He was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. He's saying the same thing, bro. We gotta get you back. We gotta get you back. I'm like, Yeah, bro. I wanna come back, bro. Like, let's make something happen. But make the money right. But make the money right. Like
3: They did make the money. And again, uh Patrick's not cutting your check. So Right. So Patrick Sorry. has nothing to do let's, with this, right? You said you wanted twenty five. They got you twenty five. What's your what's your what's your bitch? It, it, and it, then now it's oh the guaranteed money yeah, wasn't and enough. And then it's something else on oh, top of that. Oh, so and you're then one my, of these then can was never my, be Then happy my agent, guy. my agent, yeah. your agent works for you, right? You wanted twenty five. They gave you twenty five. It wasn't good enough. Right. Okay,
6: just make the guaranteed money sound sound right. at least right, yeah, bro. Like that hundred million, and you give me twenty million guaranteed. That don't make sense to me. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So then, like Miami had called, it was like, look, we just gonna go all out we going to give you 72 million guaranteed and then i was like bro i can't turn that down no <laughs> no nah, nah, you can't do that i can't turn with that no down. state income tax either with no state <laughs> income tax i'm basically living in my house for free right now so. <laughs> okay
3: then then, then move why on why are you dripping man. with regret i mean it's plus you're having an awesome season right he's having a great year he's got 100 catches already
5: mhm
3: he's got almost 1500 yards that's right he's going to have his career
5: best year correct So what's his complaint? Why Why the
3: revisionist lies?
5: Yeah, why are you lying? And why are you basically trying to shred an NFL team that did everything they could to get you into the league? Like, I seemingly think that this gentleman forgets that the Kansas City Chiefs put their neck on the line for him. And if it wasn't for for Andy Reid and the Hunt family and the Chiefs, Maybe Tyree Kill doesn't have an opportunity to play in the NFL. Remember, this was a guy who was at Western Alabama, and the Chiefs took him the fifth round because he got kicked out of Oklahoma State. And the Chiefs took a chance on him and gave him an opportunity and also paid him very handsomely with that first contract that they gave him. He seemingly forgets what this organization did for him because without John Dorsey, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and the Hunt family – Odds are pretty good he's probably not a star in the National Football League, and he may not even be playing in the National Football League if they didn't give him that opportunity. So I think as we sit right now, Tyreek Hill is no longer welcome back into Kansas City. He's creating false narratives. He's trying to run our franchise. He's blown the, the ground, ring of honor. And he's blown the ring of honor, in my opinion. I, I just think, I just think the way that this guy has behaved since he left here out of Kansas City is deplorable, despicable, and unacceptable. And he should be gracious on his way out the door because the Kansas City Chiefs gave him the opportunity to make 72 M's guaranteed down in Miami. Without Andy Reid and without this organization, Tyreek Hill is not playing in the NFL and I feel pretty good about saying that right now cuz nobody else was going to take a chance on this guy. And so they did, they gave him the opportunity and what does he do with the opportunity? He dumps all over the people who gave him that opportunity. I'm not on board with that, and I don't think Tyree Hill should ever be putting that ring of fame out there at Arrowhead Stadium. I think he's ruined his legacy here in Kansas City, and he can put that in his pipe and smoke it because I'll tell you what. Tax-free. W- tax-free. Yeah. yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it tax-free because everything that he told there to Shannon Sharp is revisionist wrong history. And it's very easy to pull up the receipts of everything that he says and said, no, you're wrong about this, you're wrong about this, and you're wrong about this. And if they
3: gave you the money, they gave you the money. The money was there. You could have taken it.
5: I mean, what, what like what, what's going on? He probably thought he was going to leave and this franchise was going to crumble. He's one of, He's that guy at your office that walks around and can't says, do this place me. can't survive without yeah. me. Yeah. Well, not only did the Chiefs survive without Tyreek Hill, they're playing better offensively than they were with Tyreek Hill, and it pains him to see that because he realizes Mahomes and Kelsey are really the straw that stirs the drink, and he was just a guy that was along for the ride. Yeah. You got paid. He's having a
3: hell of a year. Go go do that. Go do
5: that, man. Go, go. Looks
3: like you got everything you wanted. What'd you do,
5: like run into your ex-girlfriend at Walmart last night, looks, and you're having regrets? Looks like he got everything he wanted in Miami. Yeah, sure sounds good to me, man. Go enjoy your life Hope and, you and let it go, and send a thank you note to Andy Reid for sticking his neck out for you.
3: Unfair comparisons to Mahomes continue this time from the top of next year's draft. Next. Fesco in the morning, locked in, focused,
2: and ready to go starting at 6.
3: I get the is wrong all the time, too. I remember which
5: one's on which team. You know. Right. Chubbs are same way. Chubbs are the same way. Yeah. Um... Where was I going with this now? I totally forgot. Oh, I lost you on yeah, Chubb, you, you did nine year
1: old. <laughs> Brought to
2: you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. I'm
1: lying
4: in bed just like Brian Wilson. Babe. Well, I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson. Babe.
3: 3, 5, 5 8, 8, 6, 6, 7, 6, 10. That was background music. I don't know if you... I do, really it, I do it all. Um, you request the music on a Way Back Wednesday. Tag your name so you get the credit.
4: Our buddy Kling with the background vocals there. This is coming from our buddy Detroit Derek. He's up in Toronto looking for Tim Horton. Looking... Uh, Why don't hear some Bare Naked Ladies and Brian Wilson?
5: Yeah, this is a good song. One of my first bosses over at KMBZ was named Brian Wilson. Not the Beatles. I beetle. saw... Brian
3: Wilson at Starlight last summer. Oh yeah, and it was pathetic. Really? I mean, it was basically a weekend at Bernie's. Oh. oh no. Oh yeah, they were like. Oh god. I felt like like, he's just doing it for the band, because they like just pushed him up on stage. They wheel he wheel him and out, he, and, he, and, he, and he sang like like I did, like he knew some no. of the words, and then he faded off, yeah, and then the and band the would, band come, would in. come in. I mean, it oh, was god. it was bad. It was it was bad. I'm like, he should not be touring. Did you pay for that? Yeah,
1: <laughs> or they
4: yeah. pay you to no. go no. <laughs> so that's why they took your cell phones they didn't want any pictures yeah. or live stream yeah, of that yeah. nonsense oh was that the concert <laughs> yeah. they took
5: your cell phone at the Brian no, no, Wilson no, tribute the, concert that was
4: the
3: uh, Mulaney comedy show they took oh, the cell phones okay. no. No. we'll let the facts get
5: a good way that's true, that true. Is fantastic. it was Chicago and, yeah. and then Brian Wilson oh
4: god with Peter Sotara Was Satera there? No, Satera was not oh, there. Oh, it was not. Chicago, Chicago was terrific. Is
5: still open, by the way? It used to be down in the uh, in the West Bottoms there by Kemper Arena, and I think they moved over there into Westwood by where the old building used to be. Remember that? Yeah. You Cetera's in that strip mall. Are they still open? If so, bring us some pizza by, guys. Let's oh. go. 7,000 Squib Road. Right. Answer to Brian Wilson touring, not very well. Not very
3: well. That's a uh, shame. So, so yesterday, I am... I'm, uh, I flip on the TV and I'm, I'm kind of doing some work and NFL, I throw on NFL live on ESPN. Yep. And uh, suddenly they said, hey, Todd McShay's mock draft 1.0 is here. And I'm cool. like, i man, in. Yeah, Let's cool. go. Let's yeah, see this, absolutely. See what this is all about. I
5: love mock and, drafts. Uh, I and, like to see where they have us picking. And so he, McShay he has us
3: in the Super Bowl. He starts at the uh, the top and then it it's uh, he just lost me at his ridiculousness. He has Bryce Young as the number one player in this year's draft. Okay, okay fine. fine. Alabama's Great. quarterback. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Going to the, the college football play. Oh, wait. No, 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 none of that. But, I mean, he's. No, that's fine. Yeah. He's pretty much the next. K-State. My goodness.
1: He, he's like a, a miniature Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the feel, the poise, under pressure, constantly just working around, creating beyond the initial play. And there's no one else, I think, in this class that does that. And I think he has yeah. a chance to be special if he can stay healthy. And that's yeah. an if that you yeah. can't predict.
5: You could say that about anybody, right? If he could stay healthy. That's that's why are we
3: doing this though? I heard that he's like well, he's like a miniature Mahomes. No, he's not. No. One, no, he's not. Number two, why put that pressure on that kid? Exactly. Right? Why are we doing this to these kids? One, Mahomes is unique. Uh You can see it. He's
5: unique. Look, look, Patrick he's
3: Mahomes the best
5: in the game. Patrick Mahomes does stuff that he doesn't know that he's going to do. Right, so you can't go out there and say, "See what he did on that play where he flipped it over his head and and Jarek McKinnon caught it and went for a touchdown." That's what I want you to do. You can't coach this kind of stuff. You can't teach this kind of stuff. You can't ask people to do what Patrick Mahomes is doing because I guarantee you on that play, Josh Mahomes never thought something like that was going to happen.
3: So one, Mahomes is Mahomes. He's his own. He's his own beast. Yeah. And then two, why are you setting up Bryce Young
5: or anybody else to be Mahomes? Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Really doesn't Hell, make putting any up sense. Pressure
3: on this guy. He might be the number one overall pick in the draft and I have to go to the Houston Texans, for goodness sakes. And you know what? He's kind of a mini Mahomes.
5: Mm-hmm. Who's going to coach Bryce Young in Houston? Is Andy Reid going back no. there now? Why, why are we doing this? It's not fair to Mahomes. One,
3: because right. it's silly. Comparing these guys who haven't accomplished squat to Mahomes at this mm-hmm. point. And then two, you're heaping prospects with the Mahomes tag. Bryce Young's got to now go out there and you can't even be Bryce Young. He's supposed to be mini Mahomes. That's right. Come on. Look, there was He's a- going to have four offensive coordinators in his first four years. He
5: ain't going to be mini Mahomes. Right. But these guys in sports love the comparisons. And and I remember with the late Art Stewart having conversations on the backfields of Surprise Arizona, and he would say, Bobby, look at this kid. He's the next Bo Jackson. And, and I remember he told me that Salvador Perez was going to be the next Sandy Alomar Jr., better than Sandy yeah, Alomar yeah, Jr. Yeah. There's no question well, about that. that one was all right. But the that one But the Bo Jackson comparisons, you know, like y- y- you can't do that kind of stuff because there are certain athletes – that are just unique and exceptional and just better than everybody else because they're just better athletes than everybody else and putting these labels on these kids is just crazy because there there's no way that somebody can say they're a mini Mahomes or the next Mahomes because Nobody can play at that level. Nobody has played at that level. As good as Josh Allen is, he's not Patrick Mahomes. As good as the you know the media and the and, and the NFL ball washers want Justin Herbert to be, he's not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, somebody on the game the other night said Justin Herbert is doing Mahomesy and like things. No, no, nobody's flipping it over their head. Nobody's throwing a left-handed pass. At least no, he's in the league
3: and playing at a at a high level. Right? Like, well, I'll, I'll,
5: yeah, you'll do if that. If you want over to start college kid, if you right? want to start
3: moving people into his tier. Okay, right. I'll, I'll give you that.
5: But uh, why not just say, college kid. hey, here's Bryce Young. This guy is unbelievable. He's got a great arm. He's got the ability to improvise. He he is the do best things. quarterback the best in this quarterback draft. the best quarterback in college draft. Don't put a label that's of he's the next Patrick Mahomes on him. He's like a mini Mahomes. Is. He's just no, not. No, he's not. No, there's no mini Mahomes out that's there. Like, and like if a, there was, Andy Reid would have him in Kansas uh, City. So my head hurt then,
3: and I continue to watch you know, NFL Live, and I'm like, okay, let's go see what. Which Shea has in his mock one right now. Yeah. And I scrolled down to the Chiefs and had him picking a defensive end out of Florida State, Jared Verse. Okay. I don't know the name, but I like the position.
5: Defensive end. Like, defensive probably end. it's time to move on you're from gonna, Frank Clark, right? You're going to need, need one.
3: You're going to need some defensive ends. Yeah. Carlos Dunlap's on a one year deal. Frank, you brought back one more year. Yeah. That might be it.
5: What about Mike Danna? Can we start, count on him moving forward, or is he that guy that we're always going to look to replace but is really good? I Probably rotational, yeah. He's always going to be one you're going to try to over recruit. Yeah,
3: but he's going to be there. He's going to be there. Gonna he's going re- to play well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I don't hate the position. You're going to need ends, and they're going to, you know. And then they said, alternatively, both starting offensive tackles are unsigned after the season. Blah blah blah. And they could still use more receiving help. Blah blah. Oh, yeah, sure, all right. That f- that looked fair. Yeah. And then uh,
5: I saw I saw the pick. Yeah, and you were pretty bent about that. And then and I, I saw, told you you were wrong to be bent. And
3: it said thirty cheese. I'm like, oh, crappy. Yeah, I guess they're. Yeah expecting us to win it right they're
5: going to lose in the AFC championship game and you said uh-huh. hang on uh-huh. why is that because there's only 31 picks in the first round this year if you were scoring at home you remembered which we didn't uh that the Eagles and 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 the Saints made a trade and the Eagles got rid of their picks and made trades with the Saints so they're up early in the draft but also what had happened is that there was tampering that took place between the New Orleans Saint was it no with the Miami the Dolphins. Dolphins the Dolphins had that tampering charge with Tom Brown Brady, and so they lost their first round pick. So there's only 31 picks in the first round this year in Kansas city for the draft. And so we get cheated out of a pick shockingly small market. They're stealing picks from us, <laughs> um, but we, they, they have the chiefs picking 30, which in this instance is going to the super bowl, ultimately losing to the Philadelphia Eagles. Cause they have them picking 31, but Todd McShay's on board. He can come on the show. He believes the chiefs are going to the super bowl. Let's go Todd.
3: There you go. Now he's also thinks Bryce Young's Mahomesian, but whatever. Right. We'll have an edition of these stories is real. The Chiefs are at Houston this weekend. And this, this particular game doesn't have a lot of sizzle, but there's a couple of big playoff games that happened in Houston. We'll get to with Dan next. Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967. Please listen to our friend and all-pro defensive tackle,
6: Chris Jones. Wake up with Besco in the Morning, starting at 6 on 610 Sports Radio.
4: And always
2: live on the Odyssey app.
5: to josh and i said in the break i said we got to get right to dan here right these stories is real but i'm going to tell you we've had conversations over the years where we had bosses like oh music doesn't matter the music absolutely matters because the minute i hear this song it reminds me of being a freshman in college and driving around in my friend jason zimmerman's really bad truck zim was from coffeeville kansas and had a truck and we had a party at college where we were required to go cut down pine trees and decorate the fraternity house <laughs> with pine trees. We called these tree runs. We go out in the middle of the night, you know, in the back areas of Lawrence and fields and forests out there, and chop down these trees with five dollars saws we got at Westlake Hardware or whatever it was. And for what it, this was a big song at the time. The the you know the Blues Traveler and John Popper were big at the time. And I remember this song, and there was another one that they had at the time, and he had a cassette tape of this. And <laughs> that's all he added over and over again as we're going out cutting down trees and stealing trees. <laughs> these these Blues Traveler songs are playing. So for anybody who doesn't think music matters in life, mm. it absolutely does matter. I have a uh,
3: John Popper story for you, if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I met John Popper once. Do tell. Where at? When I was in college. Okay. He was performing at the University of Iowa. Blues Traveler was coming in. It was the big band that was coming in to play uh, Riverfest. They were out in the seventies. <clears throat> I was not in college in no. the seventies, and uh, for whatever reason, I happened to be at the at our at our radio studio, or college radio studio, that day. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Hey, we got an interview lined up. John Popper's going to come in. Blues Traveler's playing." And I was saying, "Like, cool. I'll hang around." Yeah. And uh, were you doing the interview? I was not. Okay. I was a sports sports guy, and uh, but I was there when he when he rolled up. So he he apparently either brought or rented a, a Harley. Oh, that's awesome. And he rolls up the studio and you hear him coming a mile away, you know. Brrr, hops off his bike, opens up the the bag, you know, the bags on the side of the, the thing. Uh, bags. Pulls out a fifth A uh, Jack. Jack. <laughs> walks ah. into the studio.
4: <laughs> it's gonna be a
3: great interview. Sits ah. down, <laughs> plops it down, gets a couple glasses out. Sets down one for you, and then one for me. Like, type of deal. It was, it deal? was, it was uh, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> and that was it. That's fantastic. Got done during the interview and got back on his bike. And was the whole bottle
5: gone at the end of the interview? When, Did he I share?
3: I don't remember that. I don't remember that part. I just remember the entrance. That's fantastic. You're like, um, this, this is a rock star, man. Yeah,
5: that's a great entrance. Right, he rolled up on his own
3: on a bike, and not a pedal bike. Mm-hmm. a you know, yeah, Harley a, a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> and, Isn't that uh, how you roll the arrowhead most days? Pulls, and pulled out a fifth and. Went into the college radio station and sat down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was What you guys want weird. to talk about? Weird. Weird, we're weird. So I love it. That's all I got on jump popper. That's it. That's my story that was real. Uh, it is time for Dan's These Stories is real. Mahomes
0: looks to throw it. Pump faking, right side. He wants it a comeback cut. And it it's caught by Kelsey! Touchdown! Kill. City, one of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League.
4: These stories
0: is real. Focus and finish
4: with Dan Israel.
1: That game will forever stick in
4: the longest tenured member of the Chiefs radio network. Brought to you
3: by Physician Aesthetic Specialists. Chiefs have had a couple of memorable playoff trips into Houston. Site of this week's game, noon on. 106.5, the Wolf, won't have as much on the line probably. Uh, 9 o'clock for our pregame coverage. The first of the playoff matchups was, of course, when they were the Oilers. The
1: Oilers were hot. They had won 12 in a row. They lost the first four games of the season and won every game since then. So we go into the playoffs and we end up beating Pittsburgh in overtime in Kansas City, which I believe was either the first or second playoff game in Arrowhead, but it was You could just feel the Marty Schottenheimer era starting to work. You know, we got better every year. We went a little deeper every year, and we beat a very good Pittsburgh Steelers team to go to Houston and face Warren Moon and the Oilers. But man, they were just, they were the expected team to play the AFC representative for the Super Bowl. Warren Moon, the run and shoot was just on fire. They couldn't lose. I remember getting there and remember thinking, "Hey, at least we made it another level in the in the playoffs." You know, even if we're not going to win this game, we still got a an extra playoff check out of it. And so I was all peachy, and <laughs> you know how you know how things are when you're young, and you don't realize how hard it is and, and what it's going to take to get there. But so I, the first inkling that I thought the day might unfold differently than what I expected was as the teams emerged from the tunnel for warmups. Warren Moon got a pretty, you know, there was an applause. Joe Montana came out of that tunnel, and the place went crazy. It was like there were more Chiefs fans there than Oilers fans by 3 or 4 to 1. I mean, it was just, it just felt wrong. It was like, man, this shouldn't be this way. So the game starts to unfold, you know, and it was a very tight game, and Chiefs defense was playing the Oilers pretty good, and it felt like, you know, hey, we had a chance. We go into the third quarter team finally scores and that was of course the big moment when Keith Cash, Montana hits Cash in the end zone. Cash goes over and spikes the the ball in the big poster of Buddy Ryan who had it just kind of felt like things were going to evolve It ended up I think Marcus Allen took in another touchdown we ended up winning that football game and it was beyond unexpected. I'll never forget Kevin's call on that game either because just out of nowhere Kevin starts screaming we're shuffling off to Buffalo and I just thought you know, that wasn't even in our scope. We weren't even... Nobody was looking past the Oilers. Nobody. And now we're headed to, to Buffalo, New York to play in the AFC Championship, the first of my career and the first since Lynn Dawson uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So perhaps to this day, and I've seen a lot of football, including a Super Bowl now, a Super Bowl victory, uh, perhaps one of the greatest moments for me uh, of any game. It was just uh, one of those times you'll never forget Uh, the 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 winning was one part of it but the the fans turning out and you know trying to get to your car that night at the airport uh, never has that frustration been as pleasant as that night
3: how dumpy was that stadium
1: the Astrodome which was originally labeled the eighth wonder of the world if you remember it's interesting because in the footprint of NRG Stadium now it looks like the place where they put the salt for paving, you know what I mean? It is so small compared mm-hmm. to that new stadium. But at the time, it was this, you know, huge structure, and it had run its course. It was so beat up that AstroTurf in that stadium was put on pallets like you would find in a warehouse, wooden pallets. Not AstroTurf, sorry, it was real grass, but it was put on pallets, and so they would take the pallets outside and then they would bring the pallets back inside. And there's a story of Derek Thomas and Neil Smith walking across the field as the buses arrived. And as they're walking across the field, Derek feels something. He steps on something and he bends down and it's a 16 penny nail that's used to hold the pallets together, which has emerged from the grass. Is full full on sticking up. I mean, I you can only imagine the damage this would have done had they played on that. So he grabs. I think you know either Neil or him kept the the nail, but it was just it was such a dump. It was it was really past its usefulness in in 1993 when we played that game. Let alone uh, probably 10 years prior. I, I get it was the eighth wonder of the world at some point in time. But it wasn't in 1993 for sure. It was a bad stadium. And and you had to climb into the press box, I mean into the booth. So you'd walk in, and then you'd have to go down like a ship's ladder to get into the, the front row of the press box, which was fine for me. We got Bill Grigsby in there. I didn't think we were getting Bill Grigsby out.
5: And it's funny because 23 years goes by without a playoff win. And then the next one is in Houston at Energy Stadium against the Houston Texans. And like Josh says, that's the playoff game under the Andy Reid era, which breaks a twenty-year, 23-year streak. Nobody ever talks about that game. That was a magical game to finally break that streak.
1: From the moment it was kicked off, you got uh, Nile Davis with that return. Uh, you just felt it. You felt it was the Chiefs finally breaking out of that mold, you know, that it— there was this this cloud that followed Chiefs fans around in the playoff games, whether it was the Colts or, you know, Jim Harbaugh or Peyton Manning. It didn't matter. It just the playoffs were not our best time of the year. And suddenly, Nile Davis returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And man, was that the rest of that day was just a thing of beauty. It really was a landmark moment. I mean, it the the drought was so long, decades, and for them to play in a game against a good team and and away on the road. I mean, there was a lot to that. Uh, The Chiefs had to play well and and progress, and that was a big moment. Uh, I I remember Mitch's call. I also remember trying to settle Mitch down. When the opening kickoff goes for a touchdown, it sets a tempo for the rest of the game. It took Mitch about a quarter to recover from that, I think.
3: These stories is real with Dan
5: Israel. 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDF, 2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. I remember that game because I was working for Channel 9 that day, and we were doing, like, some pregame stuff or whatever, and by the time we got into the stadium and, and to our seats, it was already 7 nothing. I mean, I remember walking in as Niall Davis catches that ball and returns it all the way, and you're like, oh, my God, we got something good going on here, but... You know, we, you and I talk about it ad nauseum. I think nobody remembers that game being the first playoff win in how many years. Like we've all just kind of glossed it was past the that one, or it. Was on it was, to the next one. Was on to the
3: next one. spectacular beatdown. Yeah, 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 big yeah, deal. No,
5: great, big deal. But th- that was a big win, man. That that got that that got us over the hump for that for that time of twenty some years without winning a playoff game. That was a big one, and it was a Saturday afternoon game. It was that that was that first playoff game, three thirty Saturday afternoon type of game. So it kind of got lost in the shuffle, and then by the time Monday rolled around, we were already on. To to New England and seeing what could happen with the New England Patriots. And so it happened so fast, but it also still needs to be remembered because that was the first one in 20 plus years. Chiefs finally won that playoff game.
3: And then and the other thing I remember is we once and it's gone, and I've I, I not found it again. We had the the German the German call. The German yeah. call of the Nile Davis kick return was pretty fantastic.
5: That's right. It was outstanding. Yeah. Wonderful call. Yeah. yeah. We we'll have to find that resurrect that mm-hmm. one day.